You're listening to 88.9 WDBM Impact Sports. This is The Horsepower. I'm your host, Cameron Billis, welcoming you back for our fifth podcast of The Horsepower. You know how we do it here. like to talk about some of the Pistons' latest games and a whole lot more. Uh, trade deadline's coming up, so we'll get more into that and who the Pistons could target. And does Joe Dumars still deserve to have a job? So we got a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it. Pistons hosted the Utah Jazz the other night, losing 110-89. to Utah is absolutely terrible. The Pistons can't lose a home game to such a bad team, especially when one of their best players, uh, Gordon Hayward, was out. Trey Burke, who the Pistons decided to not take, instead they took Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He made Joe Dumars think about what he passed up on, scoring 20 points and 12 assists. Ronnie Stuckey had a good game for Detroit, scoring 21 points and 6 rebounds. Detroit's front line of Drummond, Monroe, and Josh Smith combined for only 18 points on 5 of 18 shooting. Smith and Monroe made only one field goal each. The team shot 43% from inside the arc, 25% from 3, and 68% from the free throw line. Next, they went to Washington where they won 104-98. to They had a field goal percentage of 50 They shot 29% from three-point range and 58% from the free throw line completely terrible. That is such a bad free throw percentage. It's unbelievable. 52 points were scored in the paint for Detroit. John Wall had a great game for the Wizards, scoring 34 points and adding six assists. Rodney Stuckey had another good game, scoring 20 points. Josh Smith rebounded nicely, scoring 22 points and grabbing eight rebounds. The Pistons outscored Washington 33-22 in the third quarter, and it was nice to see them finally end their two-game losing streak against the Wizards this season. Next, on Martin Luther King Day, the Pistons hosted the Los Angeles Clippers, who were without CP3, who continues to suffer from a hurt shoulder. The Pistons would lose this game 112-103 and would put them at 17-24 on the season. One game better than where they were at at the same point last season. Completely unacceptable. If you look at the talent that the Pistons have this year compared to last year with Josh Smith, Brandon Jennings, the development of Greg Monroe, uh, this is a completely better ball club. And the fact that they're only one game better, just it, it points a lot to what Joe Dumars has done and how bad of a job he's done, how bad of a job Maurice Cheeks has done, and it's completely unacceptable. Next, the Pistons went to Milwaukee, who is by far the worst team in the league. The Pistons would lose 101 to 104. Milwaukee was 8 and 33, 4 and 15 at home. The Bucks were on a nine-game losing streak. After the game, Brandon Jennings said, "Quote: No matter what their record is, that's an NBA team over there." End quote. And you know, that's something that he has to say because he is a professional ball player who isn't going to get himself in trouble with the league and get fined. But you think that Brandon Jennings went into the locker room after the game and said, yeah, this is my former team. They're real good over there. They, they're a good basketball team, no matter what their record shows. We, we sh- it's all right that we lost this game. Absolutely not. This was a completely terrible loss that the Pistons had no reason to lose. And for a team, again, that's trying to make the playoffs, that's their ultimate goal. It's supposedly it's playoffs or bust. This is one of their worst losses of the season. They show no heart. They it, It's almost as if the team is completely disconnected, completely dysfunctional. It, they don't do anything right. The only bright spot that this Pistons team has is Andre Drummond with Rodney Stuckey and Brandon Jennings having their occasional moments. But for guys like Greg Monroe and Josh Smith to come in day in and day out 
and to put up their lack of hustle and I mean Mo I mean Mo Cheeks what is he doing it's almost as if the fact that he was hired is unbelievable he had no right getting this job the Pistons are they're almost they're embarrassing to watch at this point it's unbelievable but getting back to this game uh, I wanted to kind of talk about Jennings versus Brandon Knight and Chris Middleton because those were the two Pistons that were traded for Jennings over the offseason. Jennings did have a great game against his former team, scoring 30 points and grabbing four rebounds and four assists. Brandon Knight also had a solid game, scoring 16 points, seven rebounds, and nine assists. Chris Middleton wasn't too shabby himself, scoring 10 points, four steals, and four assists. Uh, again, this team is showing a complete lack of hustle and urgency. They were outscored by 9 in the final half, 7 in the final quarter, and Charlie Villanueva tweeted after the game, quote, it's inevitable, change is needed. Completely sums up kind of the game so far their season. Obviously, this team isn't clicking. Something needs to be done. Again, I'll talk more about that later and players the Pistons could target if they are in a buy now mode, which most people believe they are. Finally, their most recent game was against the New Orleans Pelicans, where the Pistons would lose 101-103. They were outscored by 11 in the fourth quarter. Eric Gordon made a game-winning layup with 1.9 seconds left to go. After that bucket, Cheeks tried to get a timeout but couldn't get the ref's attention, which is so symbolic of both himself and how their season has gone. The Pistons have blown a lot of fourth quarter leads this year, and it's just something that they can't seem to overcome. Uh, again, going back to the symbolism, Cheeks is a quiet guy. He doesn't demand respect. And, I mean, a prime example of this is you have a guy like Josh Smith who is on pace to be the worst three-point shooter in NBA history, but yet night in and night out, he shoots sometimes more threes than the entire Pistons team. Or, excuse me, than anyone else on the Pistons team. And he has no right doing that. But yet, Mo Cheeks is completely fine letting him shoot those threes. He doesn't sit him down and tell him, you know what, Josh? You are not a good three-point shooter. You should not be shooting threes unless it is a dire emergency and the shot clock is running out. And if you do it again, I'm going to bench you. Mo Cheeks is not... He's a very calm, demeanored guy who... I, I, let's face it, in, in today's NBA game, players are going to walk all over him. This is his third stint in the NBA. Before he came to Detroit, he had an under 500 record. This was a team that needed some veteran leadership, especially the fact that guys like Rodney Stuckey and some of the other Pistons players have had huge problems with some of their previous coaches and have walked all over them and have refused to play and refused to practice. And for Joe Dumars to go out and sign a guy like Maurice Cheeks with proven coaches out there like Lionel Hollins and George Carl available, it's unbelievable how pathetic of a hire that was. I mean, the Pistons in this game had a 30-4 run in the third quarter. They blew a 16-point lead, and they blew a terrific performance from Andre Drummond, who had a 20-20 game, 21 points, 20 rebounds, was the first Piston to have a 20-20 game since Antonio McDice. They blew a great performance by Brandon Jennings, who had 28 points, 7 assists. This was only the Pelicans' second win in 11 games, and not only that, but the Pelicans were without Ryan Anderson and star point guard Drew Holiday. So the, P the Pelicans came in to Detroit, 
They were without two of their best players, and some of Pistons played well. Drummond and Jennings had good games. Drummond proved to everyone why he was just announced on the 28-man Olympic roster. But yet, somehow, the Pistons gave up four threes to Anthony Morrow. He scored over 20 points, and the Pistons blew another fourth-quarter lead. The Pistons are now 17-26. and At this point of the season, it is unbelievable, and it's at the point where Joe Dumars' seat must be very hot, you'd hope, as a Pistons fan. The Pistons have had five losing seasons in a row. They have been stuck in no man's land that entire time, picking at the end of the lottery for most of those years. They've signed players to long-term deals that just haven't worked out, and Charlie Villanueva, Ben Gordon, who's no longer on the team, Josh Smith has been a huge failure thus far, and the last four coaches have been awful choices by Dumars. Michael Curry, John Kuster, Lawrence Frank, Mo Cheeks. It's, it's unbelievable what goes through Joe Dumars' head. Now, obviously, what he's done for Detroit basketball is unbelievable. He brought a championship to Auburn Hills, and back in the Pistons' heyday where they had this starting lineup of Billups, uh, Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, and Ben Wallace, that team was unbelievable, and that had more heart than any other team I've ever seen. They played together, they were focused on defense, and they knew how to win basketball games. But ever since then, ever since Dumars traded Chauncey Billups to Allen Iverson, this team has just completely fallen apart. And it is foolish for Tom Gores to carry on with this team as Joe Dumars being the man in charge. Realistically, this team should tank and try and keep their draft pick, which is top eight protected, meaning... If the Pistons have a pick in the top eight, they keep it. If not, it goes to the Charlotte Bobcats as part of the Ben Gordon trade. But this team should try and tank, try and keep their draft pick. But they won't do it because Dumars knows in order for him to potentially keep his job, he needs to make the playoffs. Now, you might argue that what does firing Dumars do now? Who's going to come in and replace him halfway through the season? And, you know, I think those are viable arguments. But I'll, I'll... I'll put this out there. The Detroit Lions, after they lost to the New York Giants and were ruled out of playoff contention, decided to keep Jim Schwartz for the last week of the season. Albeit, it didn't mean much at the time. People thought it was okay. Some people obviously wanted him to be fired because he blew such a tremendous opportunity, but they didn't. They kept him, and the Lions would lose in the last week of the season against the Minnesota Vikings. Shortly after, Schwartz was fired, and a little bit after that, the Houston Texans hired Bill O'Brien, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hired Lovey Smith, and the Lions were left with either Ken Wisenhut or Bust. Now, obviously, they interviewed a few other candidates, and Wisenhut went to the Tennessee Titans, and the Lions settled on Jim Caldwell, even though they'll never admit that they settled, but... A lot of people thought Bill O'Brien was the right man for the job. But while the Lions still had a head coach, O'Brien was talking to the Houston Texans, who decided that Gary Kubiak was no ma- no longer the right man for the job, and they fired him. And O'Brien, who is now the head coach of the Houston Texans, agreed to a deal incredibly quick because he was sought out after by the Texans, And they had plenty of time to do their head coaching search. 
they found the one guy that they wanted, they interviewed him, they loved him, they brought him in, they got him, and the Piston, or excuse me, the Lions were left without even the chance to talk to Bill O'Brien. Same thing with Lovey Smith. Now, Tampa Bay didn't fire their coach immediately, but Tampa Bay talked to Lovey Smith immediately. They knew he was they he was the guy that they wanted and they got him. The Lions sat there, waited and waited, and then when Ken Wisenhunt decided the Lions weren't the right fit for him and the Tennessee Titans were, I think the Lions panicked and went for the next guy available and a guy who could have been fired as the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator and would have been available for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. But, you know, uh, this is a Pistons podcast, so I'm going to turn it back to basketball. My point is, is that our assistant GM or someone out there could be available that Gores could pursue who would do a much better job than Joe Dumars. And for this team to sit around with Dumars making the calls with the trade deadline coming up, potentially the draft coming up, potentially a next head coach next se- next season, because more than likely our next GM, assuming Dumars loses his job, which he should, won't want more Mo Cheeks as his coach and won't want his own guy. Why would you want Dumars around ruining this team even more? He needs to be let go. I know the fans want him let go. Looking at Twitter after the game, seeing all these fire Dumars tweets, it's unbelievable how he has lost the respect of this city. And, you know, he was a great player for Detroit, but again, I think it's time to part ways. Trade deadline is coming up. Dumars is still in charge of this team. And, you know, Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andre Drummond cannot coexist. Teams shoot close to 50% when all three are on the floor. The Pistons are dead last in opponent field goal percentage from 15 to 19 feet and 20 to 24 feet. Opposing teams take advantage of Detroit's lack of athleticism and quickness by drawing the bigs out of the paint and creating mismatches. And while on offense, the Pistons are in the bottom five in field goal percentage outside of 10 feet, yet they are number three and field goals attempted from 25 to 29 feet. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That falls on Dumars, that falls on Mo Cheeks, and it also falls on the players. It falls on everyone. Clearly, Dumars didn't do a good job of assembling a proper unit that could be cohesive. Mo Cheeks clearly doesn't understand who should be out there on the floor together and what roles they should have. Now, there are a few guys who... I will admit he has done some good a good job with Andre Drummond for one. Kyle Singler is having a pretty good year coming off the bench. Stucky's having the best year of his career. But outside of those three players, there is no one on this team who is stepping above and beyond and helping this team get better. Um, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope is starting to get more into the flow of things. So I mean, his rookie progression isn't horrible. Uh, you know, only time will tell on that, but Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andre Drummond continue to play together at the same time. Now, you could argue, well, why doesn't one come off the bench? It just seems like it's the right thing to do, and that it, on, on paper, on the basic surface, that is correct, but let's look closer at this. Josh Smith, over the offseason, signed a four-year $54 million deal. Greg Monroe 
if supposedly you're looking to ship him away, which the Pistons are rumored to be shopping Monroe, you're not going to want to have him on the bench because you're trying to showcase him. And there is no way that you should bench, or excuse me, not bench, but sit Andre Drummond. He needs to start. He is your future. He is one of the brightest pieces in the league. He should be out there on the court as much as possible. So who are you going to sit? The four-year, $54 million man or a guy you're looking to trade? You can't really sit either one of them. Now, I think the right guy to start the game on the bench would probably be Monroe. I think Monroe could do a better job of coming in and relieving potentially Drummond, relieving Josh Smith, and he has a good postgame. Believe me, I am a Greg Monroe fan. I think he's a very solid player. But Monroe and Josh Smith specifically cannot be on the floor together because there's not enough spacing. Smith starts to settle for three-point shots. He can't make them. And they're both liable defensively. The Pistons are one of the worst defensive units in the league, especially when the, all three of them are out there, as I mentioned previously. So, again, in, in defensive mode, Cheeks here, what is he to do? There's not... I mean, the smart thing, again, would probably be to sit one of them, but Joe Dumars is probably in his ear telling him, hey, look, Mo, we need all three of these guys to play right now. We thought that they could do it over the offseason. Clearly, that's not working so uh, so well yet. But you know, you can't sit one of them to start the game because you know we're trying to showcase some of them. Maybe some teams are interested in them. So stick it out. I'll help you out in a little bit. I'll do the best that I can. But you know, just just keep doing what you're doing. So I mean, I don't. I would not expect anything to change there anytime soon. But. You know, uh, in case you didn't know, the NBA trade deadline is February 20th. The All-Star game is February 16th. The starters were announced the other night. And if you got a chance to listen to my last podcast, I talked about how, uh, you know, I've never really been a fan of fan voting. And, you know, it kind of just more along the lines of that. Uh, here are your Eastern Conference All-Star starters. You have LeBron James who led the league in voting. Uh, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Kyrie Irving. Your Western Conference starters are Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, and my favorite choice of all, Kobe Bryant, who was the fifth leading vote-getter in the entire NBA after playing six games. Bryant himself admitted that he didn't think he deserved an all-star selection, and there are lots of other players out there who deserve it way more than him. He said, quote, my fans know you got to reward these young guys for the work that they've been putting in, end quote. So, at least he acknowledges it. Um, the reserves have yet to be announced. The coaches of the All-Star teams will be picking those. Uh, the coach for the Eastern Conference All-Stars is Indiana Pacers coach Frank Vogel. I do not believe the Western Conference coach has been announced yet. So, uh, Andre Drummond potentially becoming an All-Star is something to keep an eye on. Uh, you can check out my article that I wrote at impact89fm.org backslash sports, which talks about his all-star resume and whether or not he should make the team. Um, interesting news, though, uh, kind of talking about Andre Drummond. The U.S. Men's National Olympic Team pool for 2014 through 2016 just released their roster, uh, 28 NBA players represent 20 NBA teams. 
the Golden State Warriors have four players on the team. Uh, and Se- uh, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, David Lee, and Clay Thompson. Uh, let's see, some of the other guys on the roster. We have LaMarcus Aldridge, Carmelo Anthony, Bradley Beal, Tyson Chandler, DeMarcus Cousins, against Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Kevin Durant, Kenneth Fareed, Paul George, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Gordon Hayward, Dwight Howard, Andre Iguodala, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kyle Korver, David Lee, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Derrick Rose, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, and Darren Williams. Uh, the team will be coached, again, by Mike Krzyzewski, who this is his final year of being the USA men's national coach, I believe. And, you know, one name that came to mind that was left off that list was John Wall, who uh, guys like Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose, who have suffered major injuries over the past two seasons, got a spot over him. And John Wall's having arguably the best year of his career. Kind of an interesting choice there, but... Again, a huge congratulations to Andre Drummond. Um, he has such a bright future ahead of him. Only time will tell if he'll make some more of the cuts as uh, we get closer to the Summer Olympics, still a few y- years away there. But he really fits the mold of a USA athlete. USA basketball, time after time, looks for just athletic freaks. And Andre Drummond is just that He's great at getting offensive boards, especially for a team like USA that likes to shoot, likes to go fast, and get up and down the floor. So um, it'll be exciting to see how he progresses with the USA team. It'll be great experience for him playing with guys like LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, and you know only positives are going to come out of that for Andre. Now, getting back to the trade deadline, I've made a list of some potential players who have been rumored to be on the block who I think the Pistons could go after. I'm going to start off with Eric Gordon. Gordon has had some injury problems, but he could be a nice piece for the Pistons. So far this season, he's averaging 16 points per game, 3 assists, and 3 rebounds per game. He's only 25 years old, but again, the injuries have been a concern. This season, he has managed to play in 37 games, but over the past two seasons before this, he only played in 51 This season, he's shooting 40% from three, which would help the Pistons immensely. Taking a look at his contract, it isn't very team-friendly. He did sign a max contract a few years ago with the Phoenix Suns when he was a restricted free agent. It got matched by New Orleans. This season, he's due just over $14 million. Next season, he's due almost $15 million. And the season after that, he's due about $15.5 million, and he isn't a free agent until the 2016-2017 season, although his contract for the 2015-2016 season is a player option. So he is likely to take that, considering he can't make much more money, and his uh, stats have declined over the years. But again, he was taken 7th overall in 2008. Uh, he's out of Indiana, so... Uh, here in the Midwest, we're very familiar with him. Ever since he got traded for Chris Paul, he hasn't quite been the same, but he has shown flashes of being a great player. He's a great scorer, has been so his entire career. And, you know, what would it take to really get him? I'm not 100% familiar with the contract situations, how they match up yet, but okay, a potential deal of Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson for either Greg Monroe or Josh Smith and Rodney Stuckey 
would make a lot of sense. Okay, you put Eric Gordon in your starting lineup as your two guard. You put Josh Smith, assuming you keep him, as your three. And then you move Ryan Anderson to your four. Now, what's the difference between Anderson and Monroe? Anderson is a stretch four and one of the best shooters in the league. Okay, so Josh Smith would still be listed as a three, would still be guarding threes, but on offense, he could stay inside, work his post game, and it would help him tremendously. I think that's a realistic possibility. Both teams are struggling right now, and you know New Orleans would love to get out of Eric Gordon's contract, and Ryan Anderson's contract isn't too great itself. Taking on Rodney Stuckey's expiring deal would be tremendous for them. Another potential deal for the Pistons would be to trade for Aaron Aflalo, who is a former Piston. The Pistons traded him a long time ago to the Denver Nuggets for a second-round pick. This season, he's having a career year, averaging 21 points per game, 4 assists, and 5 rebounds. He's played in 37 games, averaging 38 minutes per game, and is shooting 43% from 3. I mean, the Magic are not one of the best teams in the league. Right now, they would not be in the playoff spot. They're a continuing rebuilding project. They would love to get an expiring contract like Rodney Stuckey, who could open up more opportunities for them in the offseason. I don't think it would take a lot to get a Flalo. That's something the Pistons could definitely pursue. Now, a bigger name that the Pistons could target is Rajon Rondo. He just returned from a torn ACL. The Pistons, ever since they signed Josh Smith, have been very interested in acquiring Rondo's services. So far this season, he's only played in a few games, but he's averaging 7 points, 4 assists, and 4 rebounds. Last season, in 38 games before he tore his ACL, he was averaging 37 minutes per game, 14 points per game, and 11 assists per game. You probably know he's not a very good shooter, but he's a great passer and has a very high basketball IQ. You would not be trading Josh Smith for him. Your package would have to focus around probably Greg Monroe and Brandon Jennings, if not Jennings, Rodney Stuckey, and you would probably have to take on a Gerald Wallace-type contract, which is not team-friendly at all. key part of this was that Rondo and Josh Smith have experience playing together. Hopefully that would boost team morale a little bit, although both guys are kind of punks from the aspect of they're very individually set-minded. They're more focused from what I've read uh, about their own statistics rather than the good of the team. The Celtics actually did offer Rajon Rondo a contract extension the other day. It hasn't been reported what his stance is on that, but it is not believed that he will be taking that extension anytime soon. Another person the Pistons could target is Utah Jazz forward Gordon Hayward, who averages 17 points per game, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds. He's not a great 3-point shooter, only shooting 31%, but he's played in 37 games this year. He's just returning from an injury. He is a He's a winner. Um, you know, he hasn't had a ton of success at Utah, but he was one of the best players in college basketball at Butler. The Pistons could really use him at small forward, and, you know, Utah's not winning anytime soon. They could use some, some money or some draft picks, so getting them Rodney Stuckey, who's expiring after this year, could be very beneficial to them. Uh, another target, and this is the last one I'll mention, is Evan Turner who's averaging 18 points per game, 4 assists, and 6 rebounds. He's having a career year. Thirty-six. He's averaging 36 minutes per game. He's played in 40 games. He shoots less than 30% from 3, but you know both him and Hayward are still on their rookie deals. They're very manageable so far, 
And, you know, he's a guy who can come in. He's a good ball handler. Could play the small forward position. Maybe get rid of Smith. Maybe get rid of Stuckey. So, definitely another name to keep an eye on. And finally, the Pistons could look to trade for draft picks. It's more of a wait-and-see approach for that. If they keep performing like they have been recently, it's something that could happen. But again, it's very unlikely because Dumars knows his seat is hot and giving up on the season won't be something he will do willing willingly. Uh, the Pistons' biggest trade assets will be Ronnie Stuckey and Charlie Villanueva since they both have expiring contracts. And I can't even tell you how loved expiring contracts are by team GMs. They are one of the most valuable things a GM can have because financial flexibility is also special here in the NBA with the new salary cap and luxury tax. So Dumars should look to ship Stucky and Charlie V. Those are hot names. Greg Monroe and Josh Smith could also be shipped. Those are the four names to keep an eye on as the trade deadline approaches. All right, you're listening to 88.9 WDBM. I'm your host, Cameron Billis. This has been the fifth episode of The Horsepower. For all Pistons and MSU sports news, make sure to check out our website, impact89fm.org backslash sports. Thanks for listening.